May 24th, 2021. And we are live. Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the future radio. All right. Well, I had a show already planned for today, but uh, then the shooting in uh, Yodaldi, Texas took place. So we're going to start with that story and then we're going to get to couple of couple of other stories that I had planned already planned to talk about on today's show all right so we have um, uh, the death toll has increased in the school shooting at the um, elementary school in Texas the death toll is uh, now updated to 19 children uh, this is at an elementary school, uh, 19 children, and you have uh, two teachers who were killed. So it was a tragic mass shooting on the heels of the Buffalo, New York uh, supermarket shooting uh, as well. So we're going to give you an update on what's taking place there. Then... Uh, Also, the news came out today that uh, President Joe Biden is going to sign an executive order on police reform. Uh, And this is going to take place on Wednesday, May 25th, which is the two year anniversary, the two year anniversary of the killing of George Floyd. All right. So a lot of people have been waiting for this. I, I told you that this was coming. I told you an executive order on policing was coming. Uh, We know that the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act stalled uh, in the Senate. It was blocked by Senator Tim Scott and Republicans in negotiations with um, Senator Cory Booker and uh, Representative Karen Bass. Okay, so uh, we know the talks broke down and in January, uh, we heard that President Joe Biden was going to do an executive order, but a 18 page draft of the executive order leaked and it caused some uh, police organizations to uh, disagree with the executive order. Okay, but uh, we see that uh, the executive order is going to be signed on Tuesday, on uh, Wednesday, May 25th. Okay, so we'll give you an update on that as well. And then uh, there was a story that I I posted about on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, the African History Network today. Uh, It's a story dealing with um, Walmart and this Juneteenth ice cream. Okay, and I I saw a couple of things on social media that Walmart was going to uh, sell this Juneteenth ice cream and. Uh, it got so much backlash on social media that uh, Walmart has pulled the ice cream and uh, they have apologized. OK. And, you know, last year when uh, Biden made uh, President Biden made Juneteenth a federal holiday, I talked about how that could be a good thing. But we have to correct the history and protect the history. We have to correct the history and protect the history. And I said that not allow Juneteenth to become commercialized 
by uh, white corporations, especially we cannot we cannot allow it to become commercialized by white corporations. So there was so much outrage on social media over this that Walmart pulled uh, the ice cream. All right, so we'll talk about that also. All right, now on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's correct your own behavior, what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with. It's based upon what you think about yourself, what you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. All right, be sure to register for the online history classes I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach in school. Uh, I teach that on uh uh, Saturdays, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have the information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right, I want to jump into uh, this first story, and I want to go to uh, this clip here before we go to uh, our first break. So if we look at the – also, President Joe Biden gave a uh, uh, a speech today. He gave a press uh, – he gave an address uh, from the White House after returning back home from Asia, returning back to the White House from Asia. So if we look at this story here briefly, uh, the latest information we have, uh, this is coming from NBC News. 19 children, two teachers killed in Texas elementary school shooting. An 18-year-old suspect was fatally wounded by law enforcement uh, officers, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said. Okay. Now, this took place in Uvalde, Texas. At least 19 children and two teachers were killed Tuesday when a when a gunman opened fire in a Texas elementary school, according to Texas Department of Public Safety. The suspected shooter, who might have had a handgun and a rifle, was also killed when law enforcement confronted him at um, Rob Elementary School, R-O-B-B, Rob Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, about 83 miles west of, of San Antonio, Texas, Governor Greg Abbott said at a news conference. We're going to go to clip number one here in just a second, Shakita from uh, NBC Nightly News. All right, now, uh, it is believed Governor Greg Abbott uh, who's up for re-election right now. He said, it is believed that he abandoned his vehicle, then entered the Robb Elementary School in Uvalde with a handgun, and he may have also had a rifle, uh, Governor Greg Abbott said at a news briefing. He said he shot and killed horrifically and incomprehensibly. At the time, the reporting was 14 students and killed a teacher dead at a news conference shortly after the shooting before additional deaths were confirmed, before additional deaths were confirmed. Now, the Texas Department of Public Safety said later that 19 children and two teachers have been killed in addition to the suspected shooter. So the suspected shooter, his last name is Ramos, he was killed also. Multiple survivors, uh, the exact number was unknown, uh, were being treated at, reach, at, at regional hospitals. 
it was yet another mass shooting targeting children and educators at an American school campus. Okay, so uh, I want to go to clip number one here. This is some updated information from NBC Nightly News. Let's go to clip, please. Shot and killed horrifically, incomprehensibly. Those are the words of Texas Greg Abbott tonight after one of the deadliest school shootings in U.S. history. 18, 18 children and three adults gunned down today at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, west of San Antonio. According to a state senator briefed by Texas Rangers, the gunman, 18 years old and described as a resident of the community, entered the school with a handgun and possibly a rifle. It appears he was killed by officers who responded to the shootings. President Biden addressed the nation a short time ago. More on his message in a moment. This comes just 10 days after the mass shooting at a supermarket in Buffalo, in which 10 people were killed. One more horrific and stunning act of gun violence in a nation so weary from it. We begin tonight with Morgan Chesky in Texas. Lester, every update that has come in today on this story has only brought more heartbreak to this tight-knit community of only about 15,000 people. Tonight, a massive law enforcement presence has descended on this small town, and it is converging on Robb Elementary School behind me. Now covered up in crime scene tape as investigators scour this area for evidence and try to find what caused this 18-year-old gunman to go inside and open fire. Tonight, at least 21 lives have been tragically cut short, according to Texas State Senator Roland Gutierrez, who says he was briefed by Texas Rangers. And yet another school in America has become the scene of a mass shooting. There are families who are in mourning right now, and the state of Texas is in mourning with them for the reality that these parents are not going to be able to pick up their children. This time it happened in South Texas at Robb Elementary School for second through fourth graders in Uvalde, 80 miles west of San Antonio. At least 13 people were injured, according to a hospital official. Two medevac to San Antonio, a woman in her 60s and a 10-year-old girl. Both are in critical condition. We'll notify the parents and the families as soon as we have some news for them. Two police officers were struck by rounds but are expected to survive. It all started at 11.32 this morning where the shooter abandoned his vehicle, then entered the school with a handgun and possibly a rifle, according to the governor. It is being reported uh, that the subject shot his grandmother right before he went into the school. Tonight, police say the gunman is dead. The governor naming him as 18-year-old Salvador Ramos from Uvalde. No word yet on his motive. Let me assure you, the intruder is deceased, and we are not actively looking for another individual or any other suspects in this case. Bobby Studer was at the school dropping off flowers for his wife, who was retiring Friday, when he heard gunshots. Her class and then... All right, we're coming up on a break. Uh, pause it right there. Just back it up in seconds. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. That was some NBC Nightly News uh, today. You listen to the After History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that 
is traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry, it's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre, I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me and she's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. Network what shall we do? Current events of history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take us out. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do a piece of what it doesn't know. We have it all on 9:10 a.m. Superstation. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is uh, Tuesday, May 24th, 2022, and we are live. Call the numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number if you have a question or comment. Okay, so right before the break, we're giving you an update on... Um, the school shooting, elementary school shooting at the Rob Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, latest update, 19 children killed, two teachers killed, as well as the gunman, 18-year-old uh, uh, gunman, uh, whose last name is uh, Ramos. We're going back to the clip here in just a second, Shakita. The suspected shooter was identified as Salvador Rolando Ramos, uh, 18 years old, uh, multiple senior law enforcement sources said. Uh, quote, the investigation uh, is leading to tell us the suspect did act alone during this heinous crime. Uh, Arredondo, the chief of police for the uh, Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District, said at a news conference, FBI agents and U.S. Customs and Border uh, Protection personnel were, uh, were assisting uh, local law enforcement with the investigation into the suspect's motive into the suspect's uh, motives and background, authorities said. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, ATF, and, uh, responded to assist also. Okay, I want to go back to this uh, clip here. This is from NBC Nightly News Today, uh, May 24th. Um, and they're reporting, they reported 18 uh, children killed. This information from NBC News that I'm showing you is updated after NBC like nightly news aired today. Today, let's go back to this clip, please. Got in the cafeteria and uh, just kind of turned off the lights. Got on the stage, started papering the windows. She said the kids were real good. The last day of school here was supposed to be just days away. Instead, tonight, 
bloodstains the sidewalk outside. And parents are gathering at this local civic center to be reunited with their children, left terrified. My heart was broken today for a small community, and we will need your prayers to get us through this. Morgan, take us inside the scene on the ground right now. What's it like? Lester, on one hand, it is a very active investigation here at the scene outside Rodwell and Tree, but about a quarter mile from where I'm standing, this is there's a civic center that's become a reunification site, and that has been the scene of so much incredible heartbreak today. Parents rushing there frantically, unsure if their child is still alive, and we're told at this hour there are still people potentially left waiting to hear word from authorities and not having any clarification on how the fate of their child is right now. In the meantime, authorities say they will be remaining here uh, for the foreseeable future. Grief counselors will be made available to every student here in Uvalde who needs one starting tomorrow. And I understand uh, school officials have briefed the media a few times. What are they saying? I think, Lester, what they're saying is the fact that this is a tragedy that hits harder than anything they've ever experienced in their lifetime. The superintendent earlier today in a press conference was almost at a loss for words. It was very brief in that they only acknowledged the incredible loss that they were enduring and frankly said they couldn't say any more other than pledging to be there for their staff and students in what will be an incredibly long road of recovery ahead. Okay. The funeral. Was that it? Okay. Is that it? All right. So that was from NBC Nightly News today. Also, this uh, article I'm showing you here, this is from the Texas Tribune. Um, this came out uh, later today, updated information. 21 are dead in a Yavaldi Elementary School shooting, the deadliest in Texas history. Rob Elementary teaches second, third, and fourth grade students in Yavaldi, which is about 85 miles west of San Antonio, Texas. Governor Greg Abbott said the shooters believed to have been killed by responding law enforcement. The shooting started around 1132 a.m. Uh, today. OK, so uh, read this one as well. State Senator Roland Gutierrez, uh, Democrat from San Antonio, Texas, told C CNN there might be another adult dead, but authorities have not confirmed it. OK, so check this one out now. Uh, President Joe Biden, uh, returning from a trip to Asia, gave an address today. We're going to clip two here in just a second, Shakita. He gave a uh, address today uh, from the White House and talked about the shooting, called for common sense gun laws as well, and uh, called for the uh, gridlock to end in the Senate. Okay, let's go to uh, clip two, please, Shakita. Okay, we'll get that queued up. President Biden delivers remarks. Good evening, fellow Americans. Good evening, fellow Americans. I had hoped when I became president, I would not have to do this again. Another massacre, Uvalde, Texas, an elementary school, beautiful, innocent, second, third, fourth graders, 
And how many scores of little children who witnessed what happened see their friends die as if they're on a battlefield, for God's sake? They'll live with it the rest of their lives. There's a lot we don't know yet. There's a lot we do know. The parents who will never see their child again, never have them jump in bed and cuddle with them. <clears throat> parents will never be the same. To lose a child is like having a piece of your soul ripped away. There's a hollowness in your chest. You feel like you're being sucked into it and never going to be able to get out, suffocating. And it's never quite the same. <clears throat> it's a feeling shared by the siblings and the grandparents and the family members and the community that's left behind. Scripture says, Jill and I have talked about this in different contexts, another context. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So many crushed spirits. <clears throat> so tonight, I ask the nation to pray for them, to give the parents and siblings the strength in the darkness they feel right now. As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? When, in God's name, we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done? It's been 3,448 3, days, 10 years, since I stood up at a high school in Connecticut, a grade school in Connecticut, where another gunman ma massacred 26 people, including 20 first graders at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Since then, there have been over 900 incidents of gunfires reported on school grounds. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Santa Fe High School in Texas. Oxford High School in Michigan. The list goes on and on, and the list grows when it includes mass shootings at places like movie theaters, houses of worship, as we saw just 10 days ago at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. I am sick and tired of it. We have to act. And don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. I spent my career as a senator and a vice president working to pass common-sense gun laws. We can and won't prevent every tragedy, but we know they work and have positive impact. When we passed the assault weapons ban, mass shootings went down. When the law expired, mass shootings tripled. The idea that an 18-year-old kid can walk into a gun store and buy two assault weapons is just wrong. What in God's name do you need an assault weapon for except to kill someone? Deer aren't running through the forest with Kevlar vests on, for God's sake. It's just sick. 
And the gun manufacturers have spent two decades aggressively marking assault weapons, which make them the most and largest profit. For God's sake, we have to have the courage to stand up to the industry. Here's what else I know. Most Americans support common sense laws, common sense gun laws. I just got off a trip from Asia meeting with Asian leaders. And I learned of this while I was on the aircraft. And what struck me on that 17-hour flight, what struck me was these kinds of mass shootings rarely happen anywhere else in the world. Why? They have mental health problems. They have domestic disputes in other countries. They have people who are lost. But these kinds of mass shootings never happen with the kind of frequency they happen in America. Why? Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone to have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies? It's time to turn this pain into action for every parent, for every citizen in this country. We have to make it clear to every elected official in this country, it's time to act. Uh, we'll pick it up from right there on the other side of the break. Okay, you listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotep. Also, when we come back, we'll talk about Walmart pulling their Juneteenth ice cream because of protests on social media. I talked last year about we have to correct the history of Juneteenth and protect the history of Juneteenth and go after corporations that try to uh, capitalize on Juneteenth and pimp Juneteenth. Okay, this is a good example of that. You listen to the After History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. iRedify is a Black-owned digital platform that showcases Black and Brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read e-books, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. 910, the Superstation, Detroit's only African-American talk radio. All right, welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, Future Radio. Hey, I want to remind you, uh, you can still register for the online uh, history classes I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. On Saturdays, it is ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa. Kemet is one of the original names for Egypt. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa. 
understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach them in school. We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips. Um, even after the class is over with, you can go back and watch the entire course. Uh, we do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it anytime, even a year from now or two years from, two years from now. You still have access to the full class. Next class is Saturday, May 28th. As soon as you register, you can watch the class we did this past weekend. All right, I'm going to go back to uh, the clip we were, uh, I was showing you that took place today. This is President Joe Biden um, talking about the Uvalde uh, elementary school shooting. Let's go back to this clip, please, Shakita. It's time for those who obstruct or delay or block the common sense gun laws. We need to let you know that we will not forget. We can do so much more. We have to do more. Our prayer tonight is for those parents lying in bed and trying to figure out, will I be able to sleep again? What do I say to my other children? What happens tomorrow? May God bless the loss of innocent life on this sad day. And may the Lord be near the brokenhearted and save those crushed in spirit because they're going to need a lot of help and a lot of our prayers. God love you. You can pause it right there. He didn't take any questions. You can pause it right there. Okay. So we'll give you an update uh, tomorrow. Any new developments? Check out the reporting from uh, the Washington Post, and uh, I've been looking at the Washington Post, New York Times, uh, NBC News, MSNBC. It's another tragedy. Common sense gun laws have to pass the Senate. They passed the House of Representatives. They have to pass the Senate. So we have to call our members of the U.S. Senate, especially the Republican ones, and push this through. We may have to go after some of the corporations that help finance these Republicans, put them in office, and launch economic boycotts against them as well. And check out this article here from uh, the Washington Post. Check out this article here from the Washington Post. Biden urges uh, end to carnage of gun violence after 19 children killed at Texas school. Okay, I wanna to go to this next story very quickly, then I wanna to get to the Walmart story. So, um, you know, we've been talking about the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act here on the show. Uh, we talked about, uh, I told you that a, um, I told you that an executive order was coming soon as well. Some people thought it would come uh, on the anniversary of George Floyd's death. We got the news today definitively that on Wednesday, May 24th, President Joe Biden is going to sign an executive order uh, dealing with police reform, what, what he can do based upon executive order. Now the majority of control over policing is at the state and local level based upon the 
uh, 10th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. All right. But there are some things that can be done through executive order. So uh, White House to issue policy on uh, a police uh, to issue policing order on the anniversary of George Floyd's death. Long awaited action will create national accreditation standards, database for problem officers, incentives to ban chokeholds. So uh, the Washington Post, as well as New York Times, has reporting on this, and also uh, thegrio.com. And if we look at it, I was pulling up this article here. Okay, yeah, from the Grio also. April Ryan has an article from the Grio.com about this. And if we can close out the ads here from the Grio. All right, we'll take a look at this also. So it's a good article from um, April Ryan and the Grio.com. Let's flip over to this here. Biden to sign executive order on police reform on George Floyd anniversary. Uh, if we look at this here quickly, President Joe Biden will mark the anniversary of George Floyd's death by signing an executive order on Wednesday to establish new rules, establish new rules and regulations for federal law enforcement officers. The, the griot.com has learned. Uh, we know that um, April Ryan is the White House correspondent for the griot.com. Now, the presidential action is an attempt is an attempt to fulfill a campaign uh, to fill a campaign prom promise to reform policing on the national level, create accountability and protect civil rights. Uh, now, two years later, a source familiar with the anticipated executive order told the Grio that President Biden's uh, unilateral move is an effort to be, uh, quote, is an quote unquote effort to be responsive after Congress failed to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which was a comprehensive police reform bill and to prevent and remedy racial profiling and excessive use of force. Okay, it was a comprehensive police reform bill intended to prevent and remedy racial profiling and excessive use of force. Now, some high, some high profile families who have been impacted by deadly police violence will be on hand for the presidential signing ceremony. The one order uh, expected to be signed will uh, will extend measures on police use of force after civil rights leaders submitted guidance requesting at least 20 executive actions after civil rights leaders, because they've been meeting with President Biden, after civil rights leaders submitted guidance requesting at least 20 executive actions. The New York Times reported that the executive order will specifically use federal grants, specifically use federal grants to encourage state and local agencies to tighten restrictions on chokeholds and no-knock warrants. It will also reportedly create a national registry of police officers who are fired for police misconduct. To, to, and this helps identify those officers to keep them from going to other uh, jurisdictions, other police departments and get a hire there and, and, and committing the same types of offenses. Sources describe the order as a progressive and one that mirrors 
Sources describe the order as progressive and one that mirrors the state of California's use of force statute, which more narrowly defines a justifiable homicide. Any executive order signed by President Joe Biden could ultimately be reversed by another administration uh, when he is no longer in office. However, the White House is hoping to do its part in lieu of legislative action from Congress. Attempts to pass a bipartisan uh, George Floyd bill fail apart when Democrats and Republicans fail to reconcile their differences on provisions on legislation. Basically, Senator Tim Scott lied and said the sticking point was defund the police. When, when talks broke down in September of 2021, he said the sticking point was defund the police, which was, which was a lie. And then the uh, Fraternal Order of Police and the International uh, Organization of Police Chiefs, they put out a joint statement and they said that uh, they agreed with the George Floyd bill, okay, and uh, that the bill did not defund the police. Senator Tim Scott lied. That's what happened. All right. So uh, that's what we're dealing with. Now, I think they need to bring the bill up again in, in the Senate. I think they need to bring the bill up again in the Senate and call the bill the Law and Order, law and order Justice and Policing Act. Okay. The Law and Order Justice and Policing Act. Bring in the Fraternal Order of Police and the International chiefs of the international uh organization of police chiefs into the senate talk about how good the bill is because a lot of republican senators whose votes you need you need 10 republicans to vote for the bill a lot of them were endorsed by the fraternal order police and the international association of police chiefs bring it each year more white people are killed by police than african americans if you go to washingtonpost.com and look at fatal force look at their database fatal force which deals with police killings each year, more white people are killed by police than African-Americans. We're killed disproportionately. Bring in white mothers. Bring in white family members to talk about their, talk about their loved ones who were unjustly killed by police. Okay? The, the strategy that's being used to... See, going to the Senate, and you only got two and a half black people in the Senate, going to the Senate talking about black this and black that is a good way to make sure the bill fails. The structure of the Senate, the racial makeup of the Senate is much different than the House of Representatives. We'll continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995 and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. 
The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008 and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, The Business of Beings, was released in December 2021 and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis's books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on the Ateneum, the Superstation, the Future Radio. Okay, um, this article right here, this came out September 28, 2021. The Hill.com police organization say failed reform proposal would have strengthened departments, not defunded them. This came out after uh, the talks between Republicans and Democrats broke down uh, in the Senate regarding the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Those talks basically broke down September 25th, 2021. This, this article came out September 28th, 2021. So there, there was a joint statement from the International Chiefs of Police and the Fraternal Order Police. And they said that they are disappointed that Senate negotiators could not reach an agreement on police reform legislation and we thank all those members of Congress who partnered with us in the effort, the joint statement said. The joint statement went on to say, despite some media reports, at no point did any legislative draft propose defunding the police. Okay, despite some media reports, at no point did any legislative draft propose defunding the police. It is our joint belief that the provisions under discussion would have, it is our joint belief that, that the provisions under discussion would have strengthened the law enforcement profession and helped improve the state of community police engagement without compromising management and officers' rights, without compromising management and officers' rights, authorities and legal protections. Okay, so read the rest of this here. Senator Tim Scott lied. That's what happened. The black senator, uh, Republican senator from South Carolina, he lied. All right, and he wants to run for president as well. He's up for re-election in 2022. We need to vote him out of office and make sure he does not become president. Okay, but he lied. That's what happened. All right, so um, let's go back to, I want to go to this next Topic here quickly. So read that article from the heal.com. So I saw this story uh, for some different news outlets and we uh, I posted it on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network also. And this deals with uh, Juneteenth. There was a, a Walmart had a ice cream a Juneteenth ice cream, the griot.com has an article on this. 
Walmart has a Juneteenth ice cream. And it got so much backlash on social media that they uh, so they, they pulled the ice cream off the shelves. They're not going to sell it. Rightfully so. We can't allow these white corporations to uh, pimp Juneteenth. Okay, we can't. We cannot allow that. If you look at this article here, we're going to clip four. I just sent you just a second, Shakita. Look at this uh, article here from thegrill.com. Walmart apologizes for selling Juneteenth ice cream at its stores. Okay, Walmart apologizes for selling Juneteenth ice cream at its stores. The ice cream is a swirled red velvet and cheesecake flavor sold on the Walmart's Great Value brand. All right. Um, as reported by the International Business Times, the ice cream, uh, the ice cream is swirled red, red velvet, and cheesecake flavor sold under Walmart's Great Value brand. The packaging boasts an image of two black hands with the Pan African colors: um, yellow, green, red, and black. Pan, Pan African flag is really red, black, and green. They threw yellow in there, but. Some of them like that, but really the, the Pan-African flag, which was created by the Universal Negro Improvement Association, adopted August 13th, 1920 at their international convention, is red, black, and green. Now, the pints uh, include the message, share and celebrate African-American culture, emancipation, and enduring hope. However, following backlash over the Juneteenth-themed ice cream, Walmart announced that it was removing the items from its shelves. Juneteenth holiday marks a celebration of freedom and independence. Walmart said in a statement uh, to Fox television, okay, that African-Americans, they weren't independent because most of them didn't get land. See, this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is the BS I'm talking about. However, we received feedback that a few items caused concern for some of our customers, and we sincerely apologize. We are re we are reviewing our assortment, and we'll remove items as appropriate. Okay, so read the rest of this here. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit more to uh, tomorrow's show. Those we're out of time here on nine ten a.m. Superstation WFDF. Those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching for a few more minutes because I'm going to play the uh, interview that I did in, uh, on Juneteenth, 2021 on DET IPTV, dealing with some of the history of uh, Juneteenth, okay? Be sure to visit our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. I'm still dealing with my allergies, so just bear with me. The pollen in the air um, is better today than two weeks ago, but I'm still dealing with my allergies. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Register for the online classes that I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. Also, we have my uh, Juneteenth presentation. My Juneteenth lecture is right here. It's, all, it's uh, two hours. deals with the real history of Juneteenth, the Emancipation Proclamation, why did not free the enslaved Africans, special field order number 15, 40 acres and a mule, Dr. King's Poor People's Campaign, and a lot more. So this is a two-hour presentation. We have it. Uh, on DVD and digital download at uh, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All right, got to get out of here. Uh, and, you know, my show will be on, it will continue to be on on Sundays, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This uh, this coming Thursday, which is the, was it the 26th? 26th, 
Uh, it's going to be my last day doing Monday through Thursday. We're going to go back just to doing Sunday. So I'll still be on Sundays, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on that 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF. I have other responsibilities that I have to take care of, things like this. So even though I enjoy doing this show late at night, <laughs> I have a lot of other responsibilities I have to do. Okay, so we'll be back here tomorrow. Right now, it's correct. Wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, stand by. Stand by. Let me show, I'm going to show you this quickly here. Also, if you like this type of information, you can get African History Network, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. PayPal.me forward slash the AHN show. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, pay some of the bills. Also, you can register for the online classes that I teach on Saturdays and Sundays as well. Okay, so uh, back June 19th, 2021, I was on uh, DETIPTV uh, with um, a- Angela. What was her name? Um, Angela Matthews. Angela Matthews interviewed me. We talked about the history of uh, uh, Juneteenth, and it was right after. Juneteenth became a federal holiday. Okay, the executive order, President. Well, well, I'm sorry. It uh, the bill passed the Congress. It was signed into law by President Joe Biden. Juneteenth becoming the federal holiday. I deal with all that, and I talk about fighting, uh, making sure that Juneteenth is not commercialized. Also, by white corporations. Let's go to this clip. All right, everyone, you are back with Urban Interest. Listen, I'm so excited because there is something that's happening that we have been pushing for for a long time. A federal holiday of Juneteenth. We've been celebrating and everyone is up in arms and so are we. So we have a special guest with us, Mr. Michael Emoti. He is the founder of the African History Network and he is also a talk show host, a researcher, a lecturer, and a writer. He has um, hosted national radio shows such as the Warren Valentine Show, and yes, come on now, the Roland Martin Show, talking about big time. He is an avid writer, and his articles can be read at the AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, and it's also his articles can be are published by, excuse me, YourBlackWorld.net, CultureCritic.com, financialjuneteenth.com and blackthen.com. So come on here, Mr. Michael, because I'm excited about this. Let's okay. talk about All right. How are you doing today, Angela? I am doing absolutely wonderful. You know, President Biden signed that legislation making right. annual holiday. And so House Majority Whip Jim Claiborne says that that was important. So explain to us the Juneteenth flag you said the juneteenth flag yes the june there's a flag isn't there? right 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 well the june, juneteenth flag is a variation of the uh, uh of the u.s flag so is to uh recognize that um you know in 1776 fourth of july july 4 1776 when the uh, declaration of independence was signed 
um, by the first four of 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, the majority of African Americans were still enslaved. So this is uh, designed for us to have something of our own. Uh, and it's red, black, and green as well, which are the colors of the uh, Pan-African flag, um, which is, was created by uh, Marcus Garvey and the Universal Negro Improvement Association. It was adopted uh, in August of 1920 at their international convention. Uh, more importantly than the flag is to understand Juneteenth and the history behind Juneteenth. And, and we have to correct the history, but also protect the history of Juneteenth because it's going to be commodified and we have to get out in front of that and shut this down. Walmart and these other stores should not be selling Juneteenth uh, uh, merchandise because African-Americans have been selling, celebrating Juneteenth since 1866 in various ways. And African-Americans have been selling that merchandise, okay? So uh, Juneteenth, 1865, June 19, 1865 commemorates when Major General Gordon Granger delivers uh, what's known as General Order Number 3 to enslaved Africans in uh, Galveston, Texas, all right? He arrived the day before. He arrives with about 2,000 troops. Majority of them are African-American troops. And they are enforcing the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, from January 1st, 1863. Uh, the war is, for all practical, practical purposes, over now. It, it ends basically April uh, 1865 when General Robert E. Lee surrenders to uh, General Ulysses S. Grant. But Texas is more removed from the war. Major battles don't take place in Texas. You have slave owners who flee other Confederate states and go into Texas and take their slaves with them. So Texas is more, more removed and they had, got, had not gotten the news that uh, the war was over and the slaves were free. Now, the Emancipation Proclamation did not free the enslaved Africans, January 1st, 1863. This is why we have to correct the history because there's a lot of misinformation floating around in media, especially white owned media dealing with this. The, when you read, if you go to LOC.gov, which is the Library of Congress website, or archives.gov, which is the National Archives, and you actually read the Emancipation Proclamation. It was a military strategy from Lincoln, President Lincoln, and it states that the, the slaves in territories or states in rebellion are free as of January 1st, 1863. But slaves that are still in the border states, Maryland, Kentucky, Missouri, Delaware, they're still slaves. Slaves who were in uh, territories that had succeeded from the Union but came back under Union control, they're still slaves. The Emancipation Proclamation did not free the enslaved Africans. Okay, it's going to be the sixth. It's going to be the Thirteenth Amendment, ratified December 6, eighteen sixty-five, with Georgia ratifying it. That's what's going to legally free the slaves. All right, so we can commemorate June nineteenth when the majority of those Africans in. Uh, Galveston got the message, and they're going through different parts of Texas delivering this message, okay? There's 250,000 enslaved Africans in Texas at the time. They're going through different parts of Texas. They're going to continue to deliver the message the next day to different parts of Texas. So June 19th was a date that was settled on to commemorate this, okay? But we have to get the history straight with this. All right. Now, I'm glad that you are um, a historian because I've heard some different variations of it as well. And so, what were the different variations that you heard? Well, that um, basically not that that there was there were slaves who were still enslaved; that everyone became free 
And so when everyone, everyone became free when? In nineteen in eighteen sixty-five. So well, well uh when they so as as the Union troops are going through different areas of the Confederacy, taking back control of, of those lands, they're enforcing the Emancipation Proclamation. But this is a proclamation. They have to change the 13th, they have to change the Constitution, they have to amend the Constitution for slaves to legally be freed because the Constitution sanctions slavery. Article 4, Section 2 of the U.S. Constitution laid the foundation for the Future of the Slave Acts of 1793 and 1850. Okay, um, so so they have to amend the Constitution with the Thirteenth Amendment, and then the Fourteenth Amendment gives uh, citizenship rights to uh, African Americans. Then the Fifteenth Amendment of eighteen seventy guarantees the right to vote to African American men. Doesn't apply to women at this time, but African American men. So uh, you're going through a process. You're going through a process of these territories being brought back into the Union, brought back under Union control. And these various states have to then vote, or their state legislatures have to then vote to ratify the 13th Amendment as well. That's, that's part of the ratification process or the process to amend the U.S. Constitution, okay? To amend the U.S. Constitution, um, a bill has to pass both the House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate by a two-thirds majority vote. Then it has to be ratified by three-quarters of the state legislatures by a two-thirds majority vote. All right, so this part is part of that ratification process as well for the 13th Amendment. So we can commemorate uh, uh, June 19th, 1865, but we have to understand the real history. And then uh, Juneteenth connects us to voting rights. It connects us to the voter suppression tactics that take place after the 15th Amendment is ratified. It connects us to, in Texas, Texas, the Texas State Constitution of 1866, which has, which has a purity of the ballot box clause in it, which, it, which leads to what are known as all-white primaries, like the all-white primaries in 1918. It connects us to the Mississippi State Constitution of 1890 where they voted to institute poll taxes and literacy tests. So it connects us to voting rights, it connects us to reparations, repairing the damage of slavery and the legacy of slavery because when uh, the, the emancipation takes place, when Africans are free, we're free largely without reparations, without giving land, giving tools, giving uh, money, anything like that, and 40 acres and a mule, special field order number 15, that land is largely gonna be taken back by President Andrew Johnson who succeeds Lincoln after Lincoln's assassinated in April of 1865, and he's going to give all that land back to the Confederacy for the most part, okay? So all of this is because so people want to talk about reparations. Juneteenth is directly related to reparations. You're talking about the legacy of slavery. You're talking about what happened during Reconstruction, 1865 to 1877. So these two are interconnect. So, Mr. Michael, you have given us... <laughs> a thorough history lesson about, I don't know, maybe five to seven minutes, maybe 10, but it's information that we definitely should, we should know. Absolutely. The bill that passed unanimously in the Senate, however, there were 14 Republican lawmakers. Mm -hmm. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. You're dealing with the, you're dealing with the white nationalist party. You're dealing with the party that, that, that many of them support the insurrections. You had 147 Republican traitors who voted not to certify the 2020 presidential election, okay, uh, on January 6th. You had 147 who voted. The, now, it's important for people to watch 
what's taking place. Go to govtrack.us, govtrack.us. You can track these bills in Congress and you can see who supports them. Go to congress.gov and read these bills, okay? Congress.gov and read the bills. The George Floyd Justice and Policing Act passed the House of Representatives March 3rd, 2021 by a vote of 220 to 212. 212 Republicans voted no on the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act after they sat there and cried and talked about how wrong it was what happened to George Floyd. No Republicans voted for the bill. The $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. No Republicans in the House of Representatives or the U.S. Senate voted for the bill. H.R. 40 is in the House of Representatives right now. It passed out of the House Judiciary Committee two or three months ago for the first time in 32 years, originally introduced by uh, the Honorable John Conyers from the 13th Congressional District. Now is sponsored by Representative Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas, who also is the one who sponsored the Juneteenth bill from Texas, because this deals with Texas. Reparations and Juneteenth are interconnected. Anybody that lies to you and tells you they're not, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, There's about 188 uh, members of the House of Representatives that, that have signed on to support H.R. 40. None of them are Republicans. None of them are Republicans. So we can see the we can see the ideology of the party. So of uh, the Republican Party, the GOP. So I'm neither Democrat nor Republican, but I sure as hell ain't stupid. I can see who consistently supports bills that benefit African Americans, and I can see who consistently vote against those bills and are obstructionists to those bills. So. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised it was 14. I, I'm surprised it, was, it wasn't more than 14, to tell you the truth. So, Michael, what you have said is definitely true with regard. I, I say we need to stay woke. I think we're sleeping a little bit. I think we've gotten a little bit comfortable with what's happening and what's going on because we know that there's over 90 voter suppression bills and or has been passed that's trying to make it harder for us to vote in the upcoming election. Close to 400. It's close to 448 state legislatures that are being pushed by Republicans. It's close to 400 bills. It's about, about last count was about 381 bills and 48 state legislatures. See, we, we don't understand the white backlash that always comes after periods of uh, perceived gains by African-Americans. Uh, the end of Reconstruction, 1877, with Rutherford B. Rutherford B. Hayes becoming uh, the Republican candidate for president, becoming president, and the Republicans agreed with the, uh, they agreed to compromise with the Democrats and remove the Union troops out of the South that were largely enforcing the rights of African Americans. And this is what ends Reconstruction. You see a backlash to the Civil Rights Movement with the election of Richard Nixon, okay, and, and, and who ran on the platform of law and order. You see a backlash to two terms of President Barack Obama with the uh, election of Donald Trump, who ran on the platform of law and order. You see uh, a backlash with the attack on critical race theory and the attack on the 1619 Project, which was a backlash to the summer of 2020 and the Black Lives Matter protests and the protests over George Floyd. All this. This is always a backlash. OK. And, and we see this. And, 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 then, and then they attack you, usually not in the streets. They attack you in the courts and they attack you in the legislatures because they're dealing with law. Many of us don't understand law. We don't understand how to perceive these attacks coming because you can say, I knew it was coming and we don't understand how to defend against these attacks. We have to understand political self-defense. All right. Um, I will, I will um, agree with you on that. We can go into this um, a little bit further. However, um, we're kind of wrapping up with you. So I want to bring it back to the celebration of this particular moment. So yes. how do we celebrate, African-American families celebrate this mon monumental time? And are there any events in the area that you can share 
without well, well there, there are events taking place all all over uh, detroit i'm actually in atlanta right now because i'm here for the three-day juneteenth festival in atlanta and i'll be speaking there saturday and sunday at the centennial olympic park uh but you can probably google juneteenth detroit there are celebrations taking place this is a time for us to study the history not commemorate not just commemorate those enslaved Africans getting the message. And it's also very important to understand some slave owners in Texas kept the message away from slaves and kept them enslaved for an additional year. One of them was a white woman named Martha Gibbs because the, the involvement of white women in, in slavery is much greater than we thought. Professor Stephanie E. Jones Rogers in her book in uh, 2019, I think it was, or 2018 called, They, they Were Her Property, details this, how from 18, 1850 and 1860, uh, about 40% of slave owners were white women, okay? So we need to come together as family, commemorate what happened in 1865, study the history, correct the history, use that as a foundation to give us our values, our interests, and our principles. Use that to empower ourselves economically and politically. So this is a very, very important time, and continue to push for reparations. We have to leverage this to push to repair the damage, to push to get these other bills passed through Congress as well. All right, we're gonna drop the mic right there because I think- All right, and visit my website, africanhistorynetwork.com also. Okay, say it again, because I don't want to over talk you. Oh, africanhistorynetwork.com. All right, thank you so much for being Thanks, here. Thanks, Angela. Appreciate you, and hey, success on that speech on tomorrow. Okay, thank you. Okay, so that was from, uh june 2021 that was uh we did that with june 19th i think it was 2021 i was in the june 18th 2021 we did that uh interview i was in atlanta that's on my youtube channel also um michael m hotel here's the actual link to it yeah it's on my youtube channel uh michael m hotel juneteenth federal holiday forces a conversation about history republicans pass laws to suppress. So every June 19th, they have to deal with this uh, federal holiday. Republicans have to deal with this federal holiday. All right, uh, the Juneteenth flag is a symbol, is, a, is full of symbols, here's what they mean. So here is the official June, this is an article from CNN.com. Here's the official Juneteenth flag, red, white, and blue. There's another one I've seen that is uh, red, black, and green. And it's similar to the U.S. flag with the stars and stripes. And the, uh, this one here has June 19, 1865, vertically uh, at the end of it. Okay, so you can read this article here. All right. Um, if you like this type of information, register for the online classes I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. And on, on Sundays, I teach um, from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement of Black Power, 1865 to 1968. And we deal with a lot of the history that I just talked about there. We do it that period of time. We start in 1803 with the Louisiana Purchase and the Haitian Revolution. We go through history to 1968. Uh, next class is Sunday, May 29th, Sunday, May 29th, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As soon as you register, you can start watching uh, the content. You can watch the class we did last weekend. All right. Uh, we have a bundle pack. You can register for both uh, classes for $120. We'll post that information here as well. And the class I teach on Saturdays is Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. All right, look, we have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people. 
of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Ido Network International, in collaboration with STL Black Woman, DACA, and ACTA, present the Royal Pilgrimage to the Americas, August 24th through the 28th. The African kings and queens are coming to you for business, networking, and sharing of Pan-African ideals. The venue will be the illustrious En Garde Arts Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. A royal cultural experience and exhibitions, trade and investment opportunities in Africa, the Caribbean, and the Americas. A royal Pan-African summit hosting keynote speakers and a red carpet banquet. Come and witness our African royal coronation ceremony. Register at www.idonetwork.org to book your ticket to wine and dine with African royalty. Vendor opportunities available. Get face-to-face with the royals who own the land and resources for business. Contact DACA for deal room information at 602-730-4572. STEM Forward, helping our community find their place in the emerging fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Join us for our monthly live stream on our website, stemforwardedu.org. Watch, subscribe, share. Also join our mailing list to stay up to date with STEM resources and opportunities. STEM Forward, the future is now. Watch, subscribe, share. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read e-books, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time.